the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. As we head into Hour 2 and look toward the weekend, it's great to be visited again by our good friend representing Arizona's 5th Congressional District Chairman of the Freedom Caucus, Representative Chairman Andy Biggs. Andy, welcome back. How are you, sir? Very good, Seth. Good to be with you as always. Great to be with you. Great to be with you physically and Cindy uh, about a little over a week ago talking about that uh, trip to the border you uh, led us on. I want to thank you for all that very much. Highly enlightening and educational. And I want to talk to you about the border, uh, some border uh, news from this week. But first, I have to ask you, you um, you posted on Twitter today that Facebook's banning of Trump for two years, while it still allows the Ayatollah or even Louis Farrakhan to have an account, even though they call for eradicating Jews, the destruction of Israel and deny the Holocaust is simply unreal. It's unreal, Andy. The the uh, the two facedness of this the the double standard the hypocrisy is unbelievable. Uh, President Trump is basically advocating his policy positions, which are not antithetical to America. They don't call for killing anybody or eliminating anybody, and yet and yet uh, you can have uh, the Ayatollah, like you say, you can have Louis Farrakhan, you can have people who just filled with hate and rage uh, that are allowed to be on there. And the reality is, the reality is, Seth, if you're a platform, you're supposed to basically let everybody on there unless there's some kind of, let's say, obscenity or violation of some kind of a speech law that's already in place. But this notion that you're going to censor the uh, former president of the United States of America simply, quite frankly, because you do not like his message and moreover, and this is maybe even more important, you do not like any of the tens and tens and tens of millions of people who follow and support that man. That is absolutely reprehensible, and this is why I'm working with a, another one of our representatives out of Colorado to try to find some way to hold these uh, these social media platforms who are no longer platforms but are publishers accountable. Uh, all, all praise for you and, and, and applauds for doing that, Andy. Um, uh, great. I'm glad you're on it. It's a retail problem about a wholesale issue that worries me even more. When I heard Jen Psaki asked about it this morning, oh. she said, quote, as always, these private organizations have the decision to make for themselves. And when we're talking about cracking down on disinformation and false information, we can see what happens when these platforms are abused. Right away, she is lying because she doesn't believe that private corporations have the right to do anything they want in any other sphere. But the notion that the government or private industry, Andy, has a monopoly on information and false information that's frightening as hell to me, and I don't know where on the continuum of tyranny that puts us at the beginning or somewhere further down the line. 
But I think that's the real wholesale problem here is we have an administration and a political organization in this country called the Democratic Party that thinks they can dictate what the truth and disinformation is in the political processes of America. Well, and Seth, that's why I've talked, you know, I've talked about this before. That's why I refer to this as a neo-fascist um, uh, turn in our country. You have government um, encouraging and permitting violation of civil rights, uh, and they're doing it not because it's a free market operation. They're doing it because they want to control speech without the public becoming enraged that it's government controlling speech, because nobody in this country thinks government should control speech. But but government is facilitating this, whether it's Section 230 of the of the uh, Decency Act um, or whether it is um, this the, the, the constitutional authority that we're giving them or whether it's we're not enforcing the antitrust laws. We are the, the government is facilitating this and encouraging this because it, it, it all goes one way. It all goes one way. We the whole world would be upset. The whole United States would be upset if, if everybody was being censored. But right now it's conservatives being censored and has been for five years now. We're going to stay with you on this uh, issue. It's maybe the defining moment of our time. But there are these other issues, immigration uh, being one of them, uh, that that we have to work on as, as acute matters here, Andy. And you think if, like, maybe five months ago you and I said, if you elect Joe Biden, you're going to have illegal immigrants housed in the leafy suburbs of Scottsdale, people would have thought we were crazy? Well, here it is. <laughs> Yeah, it's it, they campaigned on open borders, Seth, and um, this is what open borders looks like. It's where government again gets steps in and facilitates um, illegal conduct. And make no mistake, when you cross between the ports of entry and you do it without authority and legal authority, that's an, an illegal act. And our government is sanctioning literally hundreds of thousands of illegal acts every month from border crossers. And yes, people would have thought we were crazy if we said, you're going to have a hotel in Ahwatukee, you're going to have one in Scottsdale, you're going to have another one in Phoenix. we got one in Chandler, uh, a friend tells me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've got one in Chandler. And so, so, and we're going to pay for this at a rate that's probably more expensive uh, than uh, staying at a Ritz-Carlton somewhere on a per-night basis. And the people that are in charge are going to be having worked on the Biden transition team and somehow managed to uh, receive a, a contract worth hundreds of millions of dollars. This is the type of thing that happens in a crony, um, a neo-fascist government. And, and it's, you know, I don't want to go back there again necessarily, but that's where it always leads back to. Well, Andy, you, you know, you and I have been saying illegal uh, housing. And, you know, the liberal new talking point is, well, no, they're just seeking amnesty, which is not an illegal act. No, but as you showed us and as you show anyone who goes down to the border, Andy, these are frauds of amnesty claims. These are fraudulent. Am- the, the, this is it is fraudulent to lie to the <laughs> federal official. And when they claim amnesty, they are engaging in their second illegal act in most of these cases, are they not? Yeah, so, so when you come in and, and you, you make a credible fear claim or an asylum uh, application, it is a crime to lie on yeah, that application. Right, right. 
and 90% plus of people who actually show up and actually get due process have lied. Mm-hmm. And there is, their, their claims are, are rebutted and are failed. And so, yeah, there's that. And then, then don't forget this one. If you've been removed and you come back, that's a felony the next time. That's right. That's and, right. And so it's, it's lawlessness, it's anarchy on our border, and it's, do, it's policy-driven. So that's how you know it's not negligent. This is policy-driven, which means it's intentional. They've, they've enacted policies that facilitate violating our borders. The, it's part and parcel of the same thing, but it was part of uh, what you uh, wrote to um, the leadership of the Senate, wasn't it, uh, this week as co-chair of the Border Caucus with regard to some of these nominees to uh, DHS, whether we're talking about Ed Gonzalez or, or Jadu. Uh, t- tell the audience real quickly uh, what you and uh, your fellow uh, co-chair, Dr. Babin, have done. Well, we, we've engaged a bunch of Republicans in the House uh, asking the senators, the Republican senators, to stop these nominations. These people, um, you've got, you've got Urjadu, who basically invoked and, and developed these policies that are, that are uh, terrible on the border. You've got Chris Magnuson, who's the, the, Chris Magnuson, who's the, the Tucson chief of police, who supports sanctuary cities. He, support, he supports open borders. You've got um, Ed and Gonzalez from Houston, Texas, Harris County. Um, and he, he, they want him to be the ICE chair, the the the, the head of ICE, uh, and he's a guy who won't even let his his staff uh, um, collaborate with ICE when there's a want or a warrant, and they want so they want him ahead of ICE. They want Urjudu to uh, the to to lead the Citizenship and Immigration Services, and and they want and they want Magnus to be the head of CBP. These are three people who support lawlessness they don't want to enforce the laws they support open borders sanctuary cities and what that means is uh they're going to if they can um either through rule or statutorily try to codify these horrible policies that have created this massive amount of chaos and anarchy on our border well andy um I, I just, you know, I, I know I speak for thousands, tens of thousands when I say we just can't thank you enough for your sincere dedication to all these things. You know, it can be frustrating at times uh, for the audience or even myself and maybe even for you, although you're pretty irrepressible. But knowing that we have a champion uh, in you taking this stuff on day after day means the world to Absolutely. us. So thank you, Andy. Thank you, Seth. Keep up the good work, my friend. God bless have you. Have a great weekend. You betcha. We'll Thanks. be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. For all your roofing needs, I want to put in a word for my good friends over at Trades Unlimited. I have visited the folks there. I have visited the warehouse and the offices. Just fabulous people dedicated to a great work ethic in all your roofing needs. As I say, repairs, new roofs. Right now, they want me to tell you about foam roofs and how they help insulate from not only the heat and exterior noise, but from water leaks as well. Trades Unlimited is a specializer in foam roofs and foam roof recoats. They have a AAA rating at the Better Business Bureau, and this hot summer sun right now is perfect for those foam recoats. Protect your roof before the foam beneath the coating gets compromised. 
with Trades Unlimited, where quality and service is what you will come to know. Don't wait until it's too late. Give them a call at 480-483-1775. That's 480-483-1775. Or go to tradesunlimited.com again for all your roofing needs. John, Big John in Peoria, how are you, sir? I'm good, buddy. How about yourself? I'm fine. We got cut off the other day, but is it okay to call you Big John? I've always wanted to have a friend named Big you John, and I don't you have can one. Do that. That's very nice. I, I really, that's, uh, that's, I like that. That's I could, good, because I don't have a friend named Big John, and I always just thought I should. It's, it's a great, great thing. You are, you, from I henceforward, really all right, you bet, Bill, from henceforward, when John and Peoria calls in, just wrote, write in Big John. That is how he shall be known to us. Big from John. Thank you, sir. That's so nice of you uh, to give me that honor and give me a nice nickname. You like betcha. I really well, I think that. of you that way. You bet. Thank you, buddy. No, um, I should point out deal. to the audience uh, it's not physical. No, that's okay. It's no. You're yeah, big in many aspects, it. not physical, though. I mean, you're a normal-sized person is all I'm trying to say here. No, that's... Fine, thank I'm you, talking sir. about I your contributions to society and all that sort of stuff. Okay, that out of the way. Oh, Go right you, ahead. Buddy. Go right ahead. You, 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 you touch me with that. I really appreciate you bet that. You betcha. I just wanted no, the audience to be clear. Deal. I wasn't uh, that you're not, you know, you're not like Big John Stud. You're not a huge human being. You're just a normal-sized human yeah. being. Okay, fine. Go ahead. So here's the deal. Um, we were talking there. We were convincing about the, what we did there and everything. And I wanted to tell you, too, I went to a Sizzle. I don't know if you're familiar with that restaurant in Scottsdale. Sizz- it's it's called Sizzle? Place. Sizzle, yes. Yeah, it it's sounds a, like my kind of place. <laughs> I don't think I've been there. Oh, yeah. Well, here one. we got to have one of those things. We talked about this a long time ago. we got to tie it into a program and it's like be a meal thing. And that would be a great place to go uh, to get really good authentic korean uh cuisine um oh john uh, john 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 this isn't going to be some kind of korean barbecue place is it yes it is well see there's a okay all right look um i'm gonna get in trouble here but i'm just gonna be honest because that's what i owe you korean barbecue is not barbecue it's a fraud on the word barbecue It really is. You say the The word barbecue, and the first time, hold on, the first time anyone was said, was told, we're going out for dinner, where are we going? Korean barbecue. You get excited because you're thinking barbecue, and you're thinking ribs, and you're thinking brisket, and you're thinking um, that kind of thing. Now, you know it's Korean, so you figure it'll be all that with that nice, sweet, spicy Korean rub sauce. You get there, no, that's not what it is. It's nothing like that. Anyway. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have to debate that at another time. It's not a debate. But I'm right. There's no grill. There's no smoke. There's no barbecue. Oh, there is too, my friend. There's a walk. There's a walk. No, there's yes, a grill right in front of you on the table. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm serious. You must have been taken to the wrong Korean restaurant. Okay, <laughs> I just okay. <laughs> All right. Now that now 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 that we've angered each other over your your choice of dinner tonight, go ahead. 
Yeah, but I got to treat you sometime to it because then you'd be amazed. You'd say, "No, John, I forgive me because you'd love it." When I, I all right, all right, it. fine, 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 fine. But anyhow, here's the deal. Let's get to, to the education here, and you're going to help and educate me too on this one. I, I am so, you know, so profoundly. I, it's to me, it's profound. It, and you may have brought it up, or somebody may have brought it up, or maybe it wasn't brought up today. But you could prove that God exists by the state of Israel. I don't know if people understand that or not. I mean, am I wrong or am I right? God is Israel is proof that God exists, man. Because here's the thing: look, after World War II, the whole Jewish race was almost annihilated. Everybody was against them, and they were still against them, and they were still trying. And then they were able to establish that homeland in in the midst of so many enemies. And it was you, you talk about the American Revolution being a um, a miracle. The, the state of Israel is a true miracle. Am I right or am I wrong? Well, I got to tell you. Um, um... When and you look, exists. well, well, I just, I just think when you look at, um, when you look at how that country came to be and what it has been through and what it has created, um, you have to understand that it has beaten odds that most would have ever predicted. And if you've ever had the chance to go there, uh, you would not come out, come back without having a very serious understanding or. Uh, recommitment to the fact that uh, there is a God, and uh, and uh, you know, depending on 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 your beliefs, your theological beliefs, um, there are very physical monuments you can see there attesting to it, and the role he played and had to have played in the creation and sustenance. And uh, continued uh, survival of uh, of that um, of that very small and embattled place, but John, the interesting thing is also the news of the day, uh, because for two or three weeks now, it's been said by I've seen it on C-SPAN, uh, Ayanna Presley and Alexandria Ocasio Cortez and others on the floor of the House of Representatives that Israel is an apartheid state. The irony being that this week the news was that Arab parties will be part of the new government of Israel helping to oust Netanyahu. And it dawned on me, um, unless the left in America today still thinks apartheid is about white on black, um, the notion that Israel being an apartheid state couldn't possibly, couldn't possibly have the prime minister thrown out by parties of the Arab minority, could it? How is that word apartheid working out for you now, Ayanna Presley? It's just not. I'm Seth. I'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602 Big John, you still there? Did you have more you wanted to share with us? No, I just wanted to say, too, here's the thing, Seth. Um... That, that was such a beautiful commentary that you made right before you had to close on that hard break there. Uh, 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 really, 
a really amazing thing what you said. You know, how, how dare they? That's how dare these anti-Semites? That's what they are. Uh, make that kind of accusation about Israel being an apartheid. Uh, uh, that that's ridiculous. It's absurd. Uh, and you made a beautiful uh, uh, a statement regarding that. Thanks. Um, here, here's the thing, Sam. Let me ask you. Can you consider the Jewish people as a race? No. Okay. That's what I wanted to know. Because some, some people, or I've heard in some instances where, you know, uh, they tried to wipe out the Jew, uh, Hitler tried to wipe do, out do you, the do you remember? Race. Do you remember uh, the big actor Yafet Koto, who was in uh, Baltimore Life on the Straight, played Idi Amin in the Entebbe movie? Oh, yeah, yeah. Orthodox. Yes, that's right. That was a great movie. By Orthodox. The way. Orthodox. I that Orthodox Jew. Uh-huh. Now, what race do he and Chuck Schumer share? That's right. Yeah. No. A uh, lot. Lot of Jews come from Africa, Ethiopia. A lot of them come from Sephardic regions uh, and Arab countries themselves. In fact, the majority of Israel is not white European. The, uh, the majority of Jewish Israel is, in fact, uh, not light-skinned white European, but comes from... Isn't it Semite? Yeah, it's still Semite? Semitic, but it's because of the language and the, and, and the various culture but, and where they came from originally. But today, the majority of Israel is not white European. Not the Jewish part so of Israel, anyway. So would the Sem- anyway. Semites be considered a race, then, uh, uh, Semitic peoples? Well, I'd, I'm not smart enough to get into whether the Semitic, the, there is a Semitic race or not. I, I, I've always thought Semitic had more to do with, uh, with, with, the, with the cultural languages of the people. But, or ethnicity, right? Well, could ethnicity. be, but even the ethnicity of Ju- Judaism is a religion, and anyone can become Jewish, okay. and that can be someone who's... Asian, and it can be someone who's white or black. Someone can convert, um, but um, you know, talk 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 to the Ethiopian Jews. I've always thought they might improve oh. Israel's uh, Israel's uh, Israel's chances, uh, Israel's competitions in in basketball in the Olympics. I don't know if it's paid off yet, but uh, God bless that uh-huh. uh, that group in the eighties that went from that was rescued out of Ethiopia and brought to Israel. Yeah, no, you can't attribute uh, race uh, and Judaism when people speak of no, the Jewish right. race. Uh, you almost always know you're in the hands of an anti semite, and in the case that you that cited, it, it was Adolf. That- yeah, it was Adolf Hitler, right? The, the, who who you so were quoting? That's what, that's what so uh, so the uh, the attribution of race to the Jewish people then is anti-Semitic. I, I would I would tend to think that in most cases that it's used, it would be it would be coming from someone who either doesn't understand anything about the religion or is anti-Semitic, talking about it as oh, having okay. a yeah, that's, yeah that's, as having a racial component. Yeah, that's that's a good thing to know. Uh, well, I think it's I think it's part and parcel of the progressive problem we have in America today with anti-Semitism too. Um, it's um, it's 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 as if Jews are trying to be shunted into a certain racial category in America um, based on based based on whatever it is the civil rights lobby at the time wants. So, for purposes of affirmative action. And racial preferences, 
Jews in America, even Yafet Koto or, or Sammy Davis Jr.'s <laughs> when he was a Jew and alive, um, they, they would be considered white because they, they have been racialized in America. Um, those who believe uh-huh. that race matters have tried to racialize the Jews into the white population. But when it comes to uh, marginalizing them and blaming them for ills, whether they are uh, international or foreign relations oriented or financial, you speak of the Jewish race, you usually are in the hands of an anti-Semite, usually. Okay. Fair enough? No, excellent. That's uh, And I think you, people need to hear that and be educated uh, 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 because uh, – there's so much anti-Semitism going on in our country now. It's unbelievable, uh, Seth. It and anti-Christian bigotry are the last two forms of respected and tolerable bigotry in this country, and it is something that tells me that as long as that bigotry is tolerated, just as Martin Luther King said, we cannot consider ourselves a free country. Get rid of the Christian and Jewish bigotry, anti-Christian, anti-Jewish bigotry, and we'll be ever closer to a more perfect and better society, but we ain't there yet. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. I want to tell you about my friend's Cool Touch Air Conditioning. You hear Chris Funk on this show from time to time. Fabulous company. It's the kind of small company that uh, just touches your heart. I use Cool Touch for all my air conditioning needs. So do all my friends. They're just wonderful people, and their customer service is something you have to experience to believe. Right now, they are uh, offering a great deal on a new system of air conditioning designed to do two things, give you the most comfortable living environment and the biggest savings on those painfully high and surprising utility Bills. The future of air conditioning is here, and Cool Touch is charting it. And for a limited time, Cool Touch is also offering a tremendous rebate on this new system. Reach my friends at Cool Touch at 623-734-1932. That's 623-734-1932 or at CoolTouchAC.com. That's CoolTouchAC.com for all your air conditioning needs. And as is usual with Cool Touch. Kick back and relax. They will keep you cool. Mike is in Maricopa. Hello, Mike. Yes, good afternoon, Seth. A uh, couple of things. I'd like to talk about this Wuhan deal, but a little bit of housekeeping. You had played that clip of Jin Saki on the question about President Trump being banned for two years. Uh, there's an old adage. It's, it's not what they say. It's how they say it. I noticed in her delivery... It, she didn't stop and say, uh, every third word. Mm-hmm. She didn't give it the old circle mm-hmm. back. She mm-hmm. didn't stutter. She oh, she was ready stammer. for this, wasn't she? She just banged that out just like it had been pre-recorded. You bet. And probably including the word zebra. Let's not forget she compared President Trump to a zebra. Well, I don't know if that'd be politically incorrect because we're not supposed to use animals in analogies like hold your horses and everything else nowadays. That's yeah, funny. But it... Anyway, uh, one thing also, uh, thank you very much for the crisis at the border. And the first thing you did before it got underway is ask for all the veterans to stand up and be recognized. So I want to thank you and salute you for that. Well, thanks, Mike. Not, Tell thank me, you. are you in that category and in that club? Yes, sir. Thank you for your service. Yep. 
Thank you. Okay, uh, the one thing that I notice that's not in the news, unless you have to really look for it, but over in Wuhan, uh, several years ago, that they built a, a dam. It's the world's biggest dam. It's called the Three Gorges Dam. And last year around this time, they had some huge torrential rainfall, and they thought that the dam was going to fail. And this year, it's even worse rainfall. And they've. it's been speculated by U.S. intelligence that the Chinese are using the excuse of this heavy rainfall to keep any investigators out of there. And, you know, I don't know how far the Chinese will do to keep covering up this information. I wonder why they would put such a virology lab in an area where, 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 where a dam could collapse and end the world, basically. Yeah, it's not only would it wash away, wash away all the evidence, but what would happen to all that stuff that they? Yeah, had no, I, I exactly right. It, it's 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 like it's like building. Uh, uh, I don't know what it's like building. It's like building uh, a, a, <laughs> a dry. Uh, it's it, building something that needs to be dry in New Orleans. I mean, it's just it's just not a smart yeah. move. It's not a yeah, smart building. move when you can wipe out a city with a flood. The world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, so now I'm going to get to my deal into that. That was part of it about the Wuhan part. But my theory is. I really botched that analogy, by the way. Bill, can you think of something dry in New Orleans? I got to do better than that. (laughs) It's been a long week. We'll figure, we'll get a better analogy, but go ahead. Yeah, having a barbecue uh, pit down in uh, Antarctica or something like that. Yeah, something like that. A desert experience in in the heart of New Orleans. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Go ahead. Selling selling refrigerators to Eskimos. I don't know. (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) So anyway, my my theory is that the Democrats knew that all this fiachi and the emails and uh, the investigation was coming out. So that's why they've pushed so hard to get this legislation to investigate President Trump for the January 6th protest. And that would be to distract from any hearings about Dr. Fauci. And then, of course, we know that the news media, they would most likely cover everything about President Trump wall-to-wall and not anything about Dr. Fauci. And we have to look at their past history in the media and Twitter and YouTube from banning people that if you even brought anything up about Wuhan. So uh, just just the thought process of, of what's going on. And also one other thing I came across, I was poking around on the Internet, and this is from an official release from the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. It's the testimony of Melissa Smith Lova, she's the acting undersecretary of the Office of Intelligence and Analysis at the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. She's testifying before the United States Senate Committee on Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs and the Committee on Rules and Administration. And this was back on the 3rd of March, 2021. So uh, I'm just kind of wondering why is it that they have to have some bill passed in Congress to have some big investigation, when obviously the investigation is already going on right now. Yeah, there's going going to be a natural overlap or what sometimes is referred to as dual sovereignty, which is to say who gets to who gets to do the investigation or, you know, who gets to manage the hearings. But what's interesting to me is, um, you know, now that what Facebook decided 
to do with the president by banning him for two years. By the way, getting you through the midterm elections, to be sure, right? Um, what what Facebook has done now with the administration's blessing, as Jen Psaki delivered it today from the White House uh, from the White House podium, as you pointed out, Mike. What this is telling me is that anyone who gives credence to anything Donald Trump said, comes to his defense, interviews him, or takes his side on a position, is equally going to be subject to this kind of censorship because they have laid down no principle as to why not. There's nothing special about Donald Trump. He's saying it's about what he said, because as Jen Psaki said, it's the words that matter. And if you use words that question the integrity of an election or the uh, absence of fraud or irregularities in an election as the trigger point for which you will be silenced, you've erased, as far as I'm concerned, any confidence we can have in free elections going forward. I don't know how you can have a free election when your response to anyone who questions it is that – It's disinformation to question it, and you can be subject to ban and censure. Now, what's interesting about that is it's only going to work one way. It's only going to work one way because so far as I can think, and I'm willing to be corrected, this is the first time in probably 50 years that it was a leading Republican who was alleging irregularity and unfairness. We have heard for that amount of time and beyond from the Democratic Party that almost every election, almost every election suppresses the minority vote and is fraudulent. Indeed, you still have a person in Georgia in the Democratic Party who thinks she is the elected governor of that state based on fraud. But Facebook would never censor her. Welcome back. Pete Peterson is going to join us on a bunch of interesting cultural issues. We're going to talk about what I was talking about with a few of you here, the uh, Wuhan story, anti-Semitism, anti-Christianity as the respected or last forms of respected bigotry in America and critical race theory with Pete Peterson. First, Bill, we promised the audience your top five of my 1,000 bumper songs and why I think you like them. Let's do it. Number five, Don Williams, Good Old Boys. Why do I think you like Don Williams' song, Good Old Boys? It tells a story. It tells some history. It tells some history that's forgotten, some history of the South. And it does so um, with uh, cultural references that too many have forgotten but that we all grew up with. And in a soft and voice that bespeaks the kind of voice you would expect from someone known as the gentle giant. All of that plus I love Don Williams' voice. Here's another I just great said story. the voice. Okay, you did. Okay, I should listen. Oh my gosh. Number four. This game is not going well. Glenn Campbell, Galveston. You like the song Galveston uh, as one of my bumper songs because it is one of the great examples of the wedding between a fabulous, fabulous um, lyricist, uh, the same guy um, uh, who wrote MacArthur Park, um, uh, Jimmy Webb, 
married to a fabulous musician and singer in Glenn Campbell, combining the lyrics of Webb with the singing and performance of Campbell. You have a song that also tells a beautiful story, a sad story. And you're not at first sure what the song is about, but by the end, you sure know. Why do you like it? Here's the hardest one to explain. ABBA, S-O-S. Wait, wait. Why did you like this? You have to say if I was uh, close or not. No, no. You, you covered it. It gives okay. me a happy feeling even though it's a sad story. S-O-S by ABBA is one of your top th- – really? I can't figure out why I like ABBA, but I do. It makes me happy. No kidding. Play it. Give me S-O-S. I mean, we got to know what we're talking about here, don't we? Play it going out. All right. Next. Number two, Brad Paisley, Letter to Me. Yeah, that's a beautiful song. That's the gorgeous story. That you want to give to every 16-, 17-, or 18-year-old going through a hard time. Uh, it's the story Brad Paisley, um, as an adult, writes to himself as a high schooler, thinking about that which he was stressed about then, and as an adult, looking back and thinking, you know what? You need to take it easy on these things. It's great life advice. Yeah. Number one, Jerry Reed, Eastbound and Down. That just makes me mad that you like that song so much. Oh, so you don't? No, not really. That's so fun. Is it because it brings you back to a more innocent time of Burt Reynolds and Sally Field? Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. All right, here's your ABBA. 